Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Binance Podcast. My name is Weijo. I'm the Chief Financial Officer for Binance. So, what I want to do with this show is to spend time talking to specialists, entrepreneurs, scholars, influencers, basically leading people from a variety of industries. Hopefully, through these conversations, we can share insights on how blockchain is changing not just these different industries, but also in changing the world. Here's a quick disclaimer: all opinions expressed by our host and our guests on this podcast are merely their own opinions. They do not imply any endorsements or opinions of their companies. You should not take these opinions as specific investment advice, as you will be solely responsible for your own investment. Hey everybody, this is Wei, and I'm really excited to、uh, bring you another episode of the Binance Podcast. Today, I'm、uh, joined by the co-founders of Toco Crypto, the current CEO Xue Kai Pang, as well as、uh, board advisor、uh, Sean Jay. Um, both are actually veterans within the crypto community, and they, in conjunction with several others,、uh, co-founded Toko Crypto、uh, two years ago in Indonesia. For those of you who do not know, Binance、uh, recently announced its investments into Toko Crypto, as well as、uh, Toko Crypto、uh, recently last week soft launched its、uh, or relaunched its exchange、uh, in conjunction with Binance Cloud. So for me, I've actually been working with the guys here、um, since I, I helped to lead the investment. Into the deal, so I'm super excited to bring a really young and exciting team、uh, who are actually extremely active in shaping the future of crypto in Indonesia, and to hear a little bit about the backstory of、um, where they come from and how they got into crypto and how they、uh, founded Toko Crypto two years ago, and which was actually the first、uh, exchange in Indonesia to receive a, a license from the Bapepti, which is the lead regulator for the cryptocurrency industry, as well as I think other financial services. And also, what's it like to work with the Binance team so far to help, especially the Binance Cloud team, to relaunch their exchange, and also what we have to look forward to in terms of the the current really dynamic market in Indonesia, as well as sort of you know what do we have to look forward to for、uh, for Toko Crypto. And I'll start with、uh, Kai and and Sean. I'll let you guys maybe introduce a little bit about yourself, and then、uh, we can jump right into the sort of learning、uh, learning more about Toko and learning more about Indonesia. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Wei, for organizing this. Ah,、uh, yeah. So my name is Sean.、Uh, one of the co-founders and board advisors of Toko Crypto, an exchange that was founded back in 2018 in Jakarta of Indonesia. So、um, I think back then we saw like this opportunity where you know just having a very simple gateway to getting people access to cryptocurrency as a form of new alternative investment.、Uh, Indonesia has always been a very fragmented market when it comes to investing in anything that's international, whether it's in FX, equities, commodities, or bonds. The market has always been a little bit more sheltered, and you know, just located to just its own borders. So back then, the partners, myself, Shekai, Jody, and a couple of other guys,、uh, we saw this、uh, opportunity to actually launch a very simple one-click platform for people to buy and sell into just main cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum.、Uh, it was also the whole start of the wave of ICOs. So a lot of interest were coming not only not only from retail investors but from institutional guys as well. So we kind of saw like okay maybe it's time to put together to put together a team,、uh, and that's when we did a, a simple round of funding back then where we got the QCP Capital guys, probably one of the leading investment firms out here in Southeast Asia,、uh, as well as some of the in, angel investors from the banking world here in Singapore to actually co-fund this exchange and kickstart it back in 2018. Yeah, so my experience is more or less、uh, in the crypto space.、Uh, I'm also a co-founder at Digix, 
one of the earlier uh, Ethereum-backed companies out there in the space and have always been dabbling in cryptocurrencies since 2014. Yeah, over to you, Kai. Uh, thanks, Sean, and thanks, Wei, for having us on this uh, podcast today. For my experience, I personally moved over to Indonesia in early 2018 to see the runnings and the startup of the whole Togo crypto back in the early 2018. So like what Sean mentioned, Initially, when we started, we wanted to provide a very simple one-click gateway where people could easily access cryptocurrencies using their fiat currency, which is uh, the rupiah in Indonesia. And that was largely a focus for us as we initially rolled out in 2018. Um, we have been very working very closely together with the regulators all the way since the forming of the regulations back in 2018 till the point where we got our regulations being the first regulated cryptocurrency exchange in Indonesia in November 2019. And since then, we've been very happy that we were able to work very closely with finance and ways team uh, in securing this investment from finance. And also that um, we're happy that we launched, uh, soft launch our Togo Crypto version 2.0, which is powered by Binance Cloud. And we look forward to having many, many more uh, new products to roll out inside the Indonesian market as we look to capture more um, more market share in Indonesia. I'll jump in right here. Um, in terms of what was it like when you first tried to launch it? Like, Because I understand there there's a very strong incumbent in Indonesia. And then um, what was sort of like some of the things that you try to do in differentiating yourselves uh, when you launched uh, the original Toko Crypto? Right. So I'll take this question, Yashan. So for us, when we built Toko Crypto, we had in mind that we wanted to be fully compliant with the regulations that wasn't what that at that point wasn't in place. Um, we wanted to be the first exchange in Indonesia to actually have this compliance to the regulators and to build on and to have this to build on trust and confidence by the people in Indonesia. Like what Sean mentioned, the investment market in Indonesia is one that is very fragmented. And we saw that there is a need to build confidence and trust, especially in the new industry, such as the cryptocurrency market. Our differentiator mainly towards the incumbent uh, exchanges in Indonesia is that we wanted to build it from the ground up to be compliant with the regulators. We also focus largely on the easy um, deposit and withdrawal of uh, fiat currencies into our exchange and the easy uh, access that we, that we enable users to be able to access and buy and sell cryptocurrencies. That's our main differentiator from the other exchanges. And I think we have done very well in, uh, in making ourselves uh, stand up from our business. <clears throat> Sure. Sean, I'll put the question back to you. I think you've been actively involved in Southeast Asia in the crypto space and they sort of, you know, and, and uh, can you tell a little bit about, or talk to our listeners a little bit about, you know, a little bit more background into Indonesia? From my perspective, not just within sort of the crypto sense, but actually in terms of overall, because I think Indonesia as a whole maybe have some bad reputation globally due to a combination of, you know, it's, I think, historical reasons it's with some, some of the terrorism stuff, Asian financial crisis stuff. Um, but I think over the last five to 10 years, uh, it's been extremely stable politically, but and economically, I think it's been growing gangbusters. Um, and it has a large number of young, young population, extremely internet savvy, and also mobile first. And, uh, and can you just talk a little bit about the, the dynamicism, I think, within the Indonesian market right now? Sure, yeah. Um, so I think Indonesia is a market 
actually has a lot of similar profile as some of the other Southeast Asian economies out there like Vietnam, Philippines, Thailand. In words, it's, like, it's a very mobile-first economy, like what you said. The smartphone penetration is probably one of the highest in that region so far. Uh, and it's definitely one of the, if not the biggest population uh, of all of Southeast Asia. But the very one thing that limits its population from spending outside of its country is actually the the very own currency, uh, Indonesian rupiah, which is a highly capital-controlled currency. Uh, as we have seen also, there's a lot of different startup unicorns that happen out there in Indonesia. Companies like Gojek, that almost mirrors something like what uh, Uber is trying to do out there in the West, uh, or even has that kind of like blend between what WeChat and the Grab from Singapore is actually offering. So you have that kind of like profile of mega tech companies that came around in the last five or seven years. And then you have companies like Tokopedia, which is a little bit like the Alibaba kind of like e-commerce platform style. So we do recognize that the tech talent in Indonesia is actually very vast. It covers everything from um, mobile economy to e-commerce to even the new wave of like financial technologies. But the one thing that's actually lacking in all these different companies out there is transparency as well as a very reputable kind of like backing. Everything from like advisors to investors and funding uh, perspective of the companies. So I guess we saw that the opportunity in Indonesia is to create something that's very, something that's very reputable. Uh, cryptocurrency itself has some form of a, you know, a bad taboo back then in 2018 as being like a quick and quick rich scheme for ICO companies. So we really wanted to correct that and not offer any other kind of like alternative tokens on the platform itself. Just going straight to offering what the main currencies people will associate with like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple and Litecoin and stuff like that. We just want to go straight to that kind of currencies while at the same time assessing that fiat gateway. Uh, I think the country itself has vast potential in a sense of like spending power, in the sense of like uh, influencership across social media platforms. That has a very big kind of like buying power that allocates to its youth that's actually coming up to spend from their own newfound wealth. So turnover of tech talent is extremely high, yes, but it also shows that the, the country itself is pretty much quite ripe for any kind of new wave of technologies, whether is it in investing form or is it in the consumer form? Yeah, I mean, but like, as you mentioned, it does have the largest, you know, population of all the Southeast Asian countries, right? I think close to close to 300 million, like 300, but it's extremely diversified, right? In terms of, I think there's like a core group on sort of in Jakarta, but then there's many hundreds of islands. So it's quite dispersed. Right. Yeah, yeah. of course, it stretches, you know, like almost three times across the whole country. It definitely has one of the highest or if not the highest smartphone penetration market out there. So in terms of getting people involved in, in micro-spending or micro-accumulating wealth, uh, as we see, like Facebook has been extremely successful in that region. So we're just trying to actually replicate and ride on a kind of bandwagon of people getting involved in technologies to buy and actually spend or invest their wealth. Mm. And just for a little background of, of, of our listeners, I think Toko, I just looked it up, it actually means like shop, right? So because you mentioned there's a, there's a company called Tokopedia, which is kind of like the, the bookshop. And here we are, the crypto shop. So in Toko Crypto. And Kai, you you moved there to sort of start the business. What has your experience been in terms of running sort of a startup in Jakarta? Is there a lot of buzz on the ground? Is there a lot of, you know, a lot of people moving there to sort of start up? Because um, I think the last four or five years, at least I've seen it, you know, there's a lot of interest, at least from, I think, Southeast Asian investors, but definitely a lot of interest from Chinese investors coming into Indonesia. Yeah. In terms of interest, right, definitely there has been very a huge amount of interests by cryptocurrency companies that are coming into Indonesia. 
Um, if you look at 2018, 2019 itself, from when we first started TOCO, I could count the number of exchanges that were operating in Indonesia to be about around five. It went all the way up till about 1920 in late 2019, and since have been plateauing and tapering off a bit The number, of, uh, in terms of the number of exchanges that is uh, operating in Indonesia. Part of the reason why that uh, there were exchanges that were shutting down too as well is because they weren't able to meet the regulations that came out to get it for that piece release. There are also a lot of interest by foreign uh, exchanges, foreign VCs that are looking into Indonesia purely because of uh, what you mentioned way just now, the, pure, the sheer size of the population coming close to 300 million uh, people. In terms of the bus on the ground, Definitely, uh, in terms of the crypto space, there has been a lot of people that talking about it. There has been a lot of people that want to learn more about it. But Indonesia, contrary to the other, uh, the other countries in the world, it's still one step, uh, one step or two steps behind in terms of the financial knowledge, in, term, in terms of the financial industry. People are still learning. If you ask around, people are, people are aware of cryptocurrencies but they are unsure of what it actually is, what are the benefits that we can actually bring them. So definitely people are looking out for more information. They are looking out for more education, which is something that Toko Crypto, we are also geared towards too. We want to bring this, uh, this, this, uh, this round of education about blockchain technology, about cryptocurrencies to the people, to allow them to gain trust in, 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 in Toko, to allow the, them to gain trust in the blockchain technology in, in the blockchain uh, space, in the crypto space, in the crypto world, and for them to start trading and start investing in cryptocurrencies. That's actually a really uh, interesting point, especially in terms of on the investing side. Because I think one of the use cases, I think, you know, one of the investment cases for cryptocurrency, you know, Bitcoin, some of the major coins, is actually just certain, you know, more adoption leads to, you know, an increase, you know, in, in Bitcoin value, right? That's something that we've seen. That was a pretty obvious pattern since the since the beginning, and but I think there's a ton of volatility in between. So, what do the local, I would say, investors um, feel about crypto, say, versus you know some of the other asset classes that they could potentially invest in? Right. For local investors, definitely there has been since um, 2018, uh, sometime in 2018, when uh, Bitcoin prices, sorry, 2019, when Bitcoin prices peak at 20,000 20, US dollars, it is a fact that. There are a lot of local investors that have been burnt, you know, from the fall from grace of uh, of uh, Bitcoin price all the way down to uh, hovering about four thousand US dollars. There has been um, there has been a repercussion from that, you know, whereby local investors are uh, you know are looking at alternatives such as in the uh, stocks exchange, uh, local stocks exchange in Indonesia. One of the one of recent developments was that in terms of the local stocks exchange, they went up by 30% just because of the capital flow that's coming from foreign investments, particularly from the states, from Europe, and, and there's this flow into crypto, uh, sorry, the flow into the stocks markets in Indonesia. Now, as for the future view of uh, crypto, yes, crypto has also grown since uh, three months back, uh, price about 4,000 to, to where it is right now, about coming close to 10,000 US dollars. This definitely is starting to generate more hype from the local investors as, you know, everyone is locked up at home right now, right? And they are, they are looking for mechanisms and means for them to, you know, make money from the money they have. I was speaking to some of my close friends and they have actually, those that have not, have not done trading ever before in their lives, have actually started to, 
you know, trade stocks, trade commodities, and also starting to trade crypto. You know, as we are starting to take on the new normal in, in, in uh, post uh, this COVID situation, you know, I, we, I do expect, we do have a very optimistic outlook of uh, crypto space and trading space in crypto in Indonesia as more and more people are looking for ways whereby they can start to earn uh, passive income or side income. Mm-hmm. When you guys are, you know, uh, you've had a successful launch uh, on your own. And then I think we started talking to each other later half of last year. I would say, you know, what made you pick sort of Binance as one of your, um, you know, major investors um, during this process? As a sort of a locally founded, local team, local exchange, like what sort of like, you know, made uh, I got you sort of on looking at investors, you know, what made you pick Binance as one of your investment partners? Perhaps, yeah, perhaps I can jump on this point. Uh, I mean, obviously, you guys are probably one of the biggest, uh, if not the biggest mm-hmm. name out there in the entire industry. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw last year from uh, early of 2019, of course, CZ also made the, the global announcement saying that he really wants to bring crypto to the masses. And one of the key initiatives of doing so is to enable different fiat gateways, whether would it be happening out there in Africa or would it be happening uh, in other parts of Asia. I guess that was one of the drawing factors that also aligned in Toko's vision, which is to have fiat currency as the de facto currency and the de facto gateway to getting people involved. Because I always believe fundamentally, if you can't buy anything with US dollars or your own currency, pretty much wouldn't really exist in your own economies. It becomes too cumbersome and there'll be too many different steps for you to get involved and you just simply will give up. Uh, especially when it comes to like, you know, crypto and the whole idea of a public key and private key, it has enough uh, educational headache on its own. So I guess that the, the investment actually from Binance made a lot of sense. Um, I, I believe we started talking as well last year because we were looking at getting this strategic partner that could not only just help in the technological front, but also help in the marketing and the brand name. Especially in Indonesia, a country where you really need some kind of a powerhouse brand name to push your agenda to say like, hey, look, we are legit. We're not a fly-by-night shop. We're out there trying to really create a real financial institution. And the whole licensing regime that came from Indonesia was probably the first in the region even it was even more comprehensive than what was offered out there in Philippines, in Malaysia, in Vietnam and Thailand. Even Singapore right now is still only just going through its licensing application status. But Indonesia out there has really issued, uh, and Toko itself, we have gotten the very first registered license uh, issued by the commodities uh, regulating body called BAPEPTI out here in Indonesia. So I guess it was very timely and um, the opportunity was bright for both of us to get involved together, um, whether from Binance and Toko, to be actually launching a, a regulated exchange at the same time riding on that brand name to actually build uh, the business from the ground up. That's actually a really good point. Can you talk a little bit about the current regulation regime in Indonesia? Because I, I think there's probably you know lack of awareness or lack of knowledge in terms of who the regulator is and then what specifically do they regulate? So in terms of uh, cryptocurrency in Indonesia, it's in a very unique position right now. The exchanges are currently regulated by the commodities and derivatives uh, regulators. Basically, the, the, the regulations regulate that they regulate in terms of uh, paid up capital and in, in terms of transactions that happened on platform. And also it covers on things like uh, compliance and KYC protocols as well as uh, KYT protocols. So these are the things that have to be reported over to the regulators on a daily, monthly, and annually basis. And also they come in to make sure that these transactions are valid and they're not you know, in any way related to money laundering or, or terror funding 
uh, activities, which is uh, sometimes what cryptocurrency is usually associated with. So this definitely comes in, this, reg this, um, this movement by the regulators, this definitely comes in at a timely time in providing for a, a safer and more you know, trusty uh, environment for traders to actually come in uh, to trade. Uh, this is especially so for the family offices. So Indonesia, one of the uh, interesting uh, things about Indonesia is that there are the existence of large family offices that that have uh, you know the, that have uh, new generation scions that are coming up that are looking for new areas to invest uh, their money in. So with this regulations, definitely it provides a more more secure space and environment for these uh, science of these uh, family offices to be able to, to trust in the space and also to put in their uh, start trading and start putting in their money to invest in the, the cryptocurrency space. That, that's actually a really good point because I think especially I think if crypto is to go mainstream I think trust is a huge issue and then I think in countries where I would say more diverse and then um, really dynamic. I think having a regulator coming in and taking an active role in terms of actually promoting the growth of it is actually a good thing. Well, what do you think, Sean? You've sort of looked at other countries in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think having the uh, regulator to play hand-in-hand -hand with the business uh, gives a lot of legitimacy. When you're selling to actually institutional customers uh, who are looking to trade, uh, you know, institutional sizes of anywhere between half a, half a buck to a couple of million dollars in in uh, investment volume on a daily basis, you'll want to have a product that is regulated. Uh, if you look out there in the, in the West, there's a lot of different, different states around the US that offers various forms of legitimacy on different crypto products, whether they are ETP-based, exchange-traded product-based, or they are forms of investment funds that you can get involved in having the exposure to crypto without having the physical underlying stored in your own private keys. Uh, I think we, we want to move in the same direction as what is being demonstrated in traditional investment products, whether it's in FX, in equities, or in structured products. The whole idea is that you need to have credit worthiness, you need to have regulatory oversight, and you need to have the whole ease of transparency when it comes to investors and um, pricing of the product itself. So I guess that we have all three ingredients aligned together in this particular collaborative initiative with finance, which is to provide regulatory oversight, which is to provide the, the idea of um, transparent pricing. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, Kyle, I'll go back to you in terms of what do we have to look forward to? Because I, I know <laughs> what we have to look forward to in terms of product, in terms of product launches coming soon on Toko. Can you just share a little bit about what, what do users on Toko or, or future users on Toko uh, have to look forward towards in terms of you know, product, fiat, on-ramps, you know, token offerings, etc.? There are a lot of things that are currently planned for in the pipeline and the roadmap of Toko. Things that you, our users can look forward to are things like more listings, more tokens that are being offered. Right now, Toko V 2.0 is currently built on Binance Cloud. We also expect to see the mobile app that will definitely come in. And Indonesia being a, a country which is uh, has a, a, one of the largest uh, penetration of uh, mobile technology, uh, this mobile app would definitely come in to be very useful for the for our users in Indonesia. Also, I mean, we're also looking Toko at Toko to launch our own platform token, same like same like how for the other exchanges around the world. And we, as we identify that, yes, it does enable exchanges to be able to bolster the transaction volumes and to be able to attract users onto the platform. And it, and it just makes sense that Toko should have our own platform tokens.
those are the things that are coming down the road. We're also looking to have more deposit channels onto Toko for, for our users to be able to easily access our platform and easily deposit rupiah onto our platform. We want to open up uh, as many deposit channels as possible. In Indonesia, one of the things we know that it's also one of the countries which has a very large penetration of digital wallets. Things like GoPay, Ofo, Dana, Linkaja, just to name a, a few of the big digital wallets out there. Uh, we intend to integrate all of these onto the Toko platform, whereby we can allow for users to deposit into our platform. Uh, we also, one, one additional thing, uh, aside from the exchange, is that we also have uh, BIDR launched together with uh, Binance. And we are looking to increase the fungibility of BIDR whereby users will be able to use, users will not only be able to trade BIDR, but they will also be able to use BIDR in their daily lives to be able to use it to pay for, let's say, their telephone bills, utility bills. Those are the, some of the really exciting things that we have lined up and that we are currently working on together with Binance, together with Binance Cloud, and hope that we can uh, roll out these soon to our users. And these are the things that, you know, definitely happy to share and definitely something that you know, all of us can look forward to. Great. Thank you for that summary. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. I would like to, again, to say thank you to Kai and to Sean. I look forward to a very happy, long, and prosperous uh, cooperation between Binance and Toko. And we look forward to uh, bringing, I think, a, a lot more advanced products that Binance has developed you know, through Toko to the users in Indonesia. Uh, thanks, guys, for your time. Sure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this interview as, as much as I did. If you like this show, please share this episode on Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, WeChat, or any other social media platforms. Please don't forget to subscribe to the Binance Podcast and see you next time.